this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay, because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Now we are in our sixth week of the series, Behold the Man. We're looking at who Jesus is and what he's done and why Jesus is unlike any other. And today we are looking at Behold the Man Who Holds Creation in His Hand. See, as we were preparing for this message, as I was thinking through this message, uh, we are going to talk today about a couple of the miracles that Jesus performed. If you've read any of the Gospels, if you're familiar with much of the story of Jesus, Jesus routinely did things that just didn't make sense unless he was God. He often healed the sick and he gave sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. These are some incredible miracles he did, but today we're going to talk about three very specific miracles. Uh, And they're found in Luke chapter 8. That's where we're going to begin. If you'd like to follow along, Luke chapter 8 and verse 22, that's where we're going to start. Or you you can either open your Bible, get it online. I think this is also available in the resources at thepointknox.com. As I was thinking about this, though, before we jump into this text, this kid's song came to mind. At least I always heard of it as a kid's song. He's got the whole world in his hands. You, You guys know how that goes, right? It's the same line over and over again. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. I kept thinking of that all week long as I was preparing for this. I hope some of you sang along with me, because otherwise that was really embarrassing. Um, Jackie over here, she was helpful, so I wasn't super alone in that. Uh, this this kid's song, though, it's, it's about Jesus and who he is, that he's this man who holds the whole world. And because he holds the whole world in his hands, it gives us great hope. So here's the first miracle we're going to look at today. One day, he, being Jesus, he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and waters, and they obey him? Now, before we go too far into this miracle, I have a question I need to ask you, and I'd like for you to, if you're watching on Facebook, comment below. If you're watching on live stream, uh, you can create a quick account, then you can engage in the conversation on the chat bar. But here's my question for you. Are you a nap person? I was talking with Emily and Tyler yesterday, and there appears to be a pretty big difference between the three of us. See, 
Tyler and I absolutely are a nap person. Like any day we can get a nap, 30 minutes to an hour, that's perfect. Now we don't need it, some days I do, but I really love my naps. Emily, on the other hand, she wants nothing to do with naps and thinks sleep is for the dead. Let's just hold off and sleep later. Uh, so I wanna know, which one are you? Are you the person who likes a daily nap but doesn't always get one? Or the person who is taking a lot of naps because you're in quarantine? Or the person who never wants to nap, if possible? In this story, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. He's been teaching the crowds and doing incredible things, and he's worn out. And so he does what makes the most sense. He lays down to take a nap, and a storm arises. Now these boats they would have been in were not huge, gigantic cruise ships. They were tiny little fisher boats. Fisherman boats that would have only held 15 or 20 people. They weren't at all large. So for Jesus to be napping in this boat that's tossed to and fro to us in a storm, that in itself is almost impressive. And the disciples, they're afraid because water's coming in and their boat's beginning to capsize. They're afraid this is it. It's over. We're done for. We're going to drown in the middle of this lake and everything he promised is over. And they wake Jesus up. Which right there in and of itself, like who wants to be the person who wakes Jesus? I wonder if they like, took a pole and, and, and drew straws, like, hey, no, you wake him this time. I'm not doing it. You wake him. They wake Jesus up and they're like, Master, we are perishing. You ever been there before? When the waves of life toss you to and fro and you feel overwhelmed, you're like, God, I am doomed. There is no hope and no way out. There's nothing we can do to fix the situation. I've bailed as much water as I can, but it's coming in faster. What now? And Jesus, I imagine, just kind of rubbing his eyes and sighing and getting up from his nap. And he turns to the waves and he turns to the wind and he just speaks. And suddenly it's all calm. Suddenly everything stops. See, in the beginning when God created the world, he spoke and creation obeyed. He spoke and the whole world came to be. All throughout scripture, God speaks and creation responds. And here, Jesus, this man, he speaks and the waves stop. Now, I wonder if any of the disciples felt a little embarrassed. Well, of course, we could have just asked him to do that. Uh, of course, we could have just said, hey, Jesus, like, we need your help right now. Uh, will you command this storm to stop? But instead, they were afraid or perishing. Behold the man whom even the winds and wave obey. The story goes on a little further. Uh, the very next thing in, in Luke chapter 8 is a story of a demon-possessed uh, man. A man who's filled with uh, hundreds or thousands of demons. It says their name is Legion, which, which was a military term for a couple thousand. Here's this man who's isolated and living by himself in the tombs, in the grave. He's got no friends. His demon possession has caused some supernatural strength that every time they try to bind him, he rips off his chains and he runs out of the wilderness. He's naked. He's lonely. Here's a man completely in need of God to intervene. And Jesus, he shows up and he frees the man. Now, I've only seen one or two exorcisms in my life. They don't 
usually look like the head spinning crazy things we see in Hollywood. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, demon possessions terrify most of us. The idea of somebody who's filled with some kind of supernatural evil is scary. Especially when you see how this man was throwing himself into the fire and trying to die and, and living in this way that would terrify most of us. But not Jesus. Jesus, he has compassion on the man and he heals the man. He frees the man from these demons. And then it goes on and it says this, uh, the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city just how much Jesus had done for him. I love that. Here's a man who experiences Jesus and connects with Jesus and finds this profound freedom. He says, Jesus, all I want is to be with you. All I want is to be able to travel with you and continue to see your miracles and hear your teaching. All I want is to be one of your disciples. But Jesus says, go home and tell everybody what God has done. Go home and show them this newfound freedom. Go home and let them see. The man does, and he tells the whole city, I was once enslaved, and now I'm free. This man who can speak to the wind and the waves can speak even to demons, and they will listen to his voice. This man can set me free. The story continues a little bit later in the next chapter. There's a couple more miracles that happen that I'm going to skip over, though they're really good miracles. In chapter 9, Jesus does another incredible thing. Now, there's large crowds gathering, perhaps about 20,000 people, definitely not practicing social distancing. And they're following Jesus. They're there. They want to hear from him. And he's gone out into the wilderness. You see, during this time in the story, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem. He's getting ready to celebrate the Passover. He's preparing for that Palm Sunday as he would enter in to Jerusalem for the last time. As he would enter in riding on a donkey like a, uh, not a, a king necessarily, but a humble servant. He would come in for the sake of the people and they'd shout their praises. Only a week later to shout their curses, crucify him. As Jesus is on this journey moving towards Jerusalem, he encounters these various people. And here's this next story, Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 10. On their return, the apostles told him all that, had, that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart uh, to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. There's so many places in the gospels where it just kind of like skips over those moments, right? Jesus healed everybody and then he kept going. What? Isn't that kind of a big deal? He healed everybody and then he kept going. What about the healing? I want to know more. See, if you're anything like me, oftentimes I read these miracles of Jesus. And I even read in the book of Acts where the church continued to experience these miracles. And I, I question, God, why don't these miracles happen now? Why don't we experience your power like this now? And I want to tell you, there's a lot of different answers for that question. I think our God is the same today and yesterday and tomorrow and every day. And so he's certainly capable of still doing these things now. 
and there are times in which he does them in the miraculous and there are times in which he brings healing through what seems like an ordinary means, like a doctor or a nurse who works tirelessly to care for those who are sick and the sick get healed. Jesus, he's teaching this crowd, he's healing. And then at verse 12, now the day began to wear away and the 12 came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. These disciples of Jesus respond as I probably would. Jesus, we're in over our heads. Look around you. It says here in a little bit, there are 5,000 men, which means there's probably 20,000 people or so between women and children as well, or men who are under the age of 20. There's a good chance this crowd is overwhelming. They say, look, we can't do this. Jesus, if you want them to, to survive, if you want to care for their basic needs, if you want to provide for them today, send them away that they can go and find what they need and come back later. But Jesus, he's not one to send people away. He's not one to say, I'm not enough, but I will provide. And so he speaks to them instead. And he, and he says, you give them something to eat. I said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. Jesus presents this situation. He says to the people, there are hurting people, hungry people, desperately in need of what you can provide. They need you to love them and care for them right now, today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't send them away to figure it out on their own. Care for them right now. And the disciples kind of look dumbfounded. We only have five loaves and two fish. How are we to do that? I don't know about you, but in this quarantine time, it is so easy to eat a whole week's worth of quarantine food in like two days. Uh, and then you go, uh-oh, I got to go back to the store I'm supposed to avoid to get more food. Next time, it'll last me a week. And three days later, you're back in the same place. These disciples look at their reality and forget who they're with. The man who holds all of creation in his hands. And Jesus says, you feed them. And so then he does the only most natural thing. He says, have them sit down in groups of about 50 uh, each. And they did so and, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Jesus, he looks to the disciples and says, we don't have much. We have five loaves and two fish, but that is going to be more than enough. Has everybody sit down, calm down, food is coming. He gives thanks, he blesses it, and he gives it back to the disciples. And I wonder what it would have felt like to be the disciple in that moment, holding five loaves and two fish. This certainly doesn't seem like enough, Jesus. Uh, it didn't miraculously transform in their hands that suddenly there's this great buffet available. No, instead, he hands them back the very thing they give to him. He says, I'm going to do something far greater with it than you could ever imagine. And so they begin to hand it out a little bit to the first person and a little bit to the next person. And what do you know? There's still more. And they keep going. They're handing out this food, giving the very provision God has given to them away. And it continues to flourish and grow until we get this miraculous note here at the end. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets 
of broken pieces. See, behold the man who holds creation in his hand. He can take out of very little and provide something extraordinary. He can take out of nothing and give everything. This Jesus that we love and that we follow, he did all kinds of miracles, some of which were immediate and some of which he said, go and as you go, you will see my provision. As you go, you will see my faithfulness. As you go, you will see all that I am and all that I can do. For you and me today, we may be like the disciples, overwhelmed by our circumstances and how do we love, how do we serve, how do we care for those in need with so little? We trust Jesus and we take our very little and say, God, use it as you please. Do with my little something great. We look at our situation and our storm and we turn to Jesus, not in panic. Jesus, fix this. But Jesus, you are enough. Will you be enough for me in this? Will you be enough in the midst of my storm? Will you give me peace and calm and help me to see that all of creation obeys you? Everything will bow down before you. And our hope this Palm Sunday Unlike the people who were waving their palms, who were celebrating Hosanna, son of David, who were anticipating that his power would come in a great display to free them from their enemies, from this political oppression. Unlike them, we get to see Jesus as the one who holds creation in his hands, who doesn't do what we expect him to do because we ask him to do it, but he does what we need him to do because we cannot do it ourselves. And with this power of the God of creation in his hands, he gives up his life and suffers and dies that we can live. And that's what this week is about. Beholding this man who can raise the dead and speak to the sea and have the winds calm, who can feed the masses with very little, and yet he would give everything for you and for me. And in turn, as his disciples, we trust. So I don't understand this storm. I don't even like this storm. I really don't want to be in this storm. But I trust you. I don't have much. My provisions are meager, but I trust you. And as the ones who behold this man, we take our little and offer it up to him. We say, God, you can do a lot. Let me trust you with whatever you've given. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this man, your son, who can speak to the winds and the waves and calm the storm, who can set the captive free, who can cast out demons, has authority even over all spiritual darkness. And God, we thank you for this man who can provide for our daily needs, our bare necessities, the things we cannot do on our own. God, may we trust you with our little, May we see you do something great. May we trust you in the, in the storm and in the crazy, and may you give us calm and peace. May we walk with you in everything we do, knowing that you have come to give up everything, that we might gain everything. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. May you be glorified and exalted. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, as we now continue our worship, we're going to continue with offering. 
offering is an opportunity for us to trust God with our little. Say, God, I want to give you what I have and I want to see you multiply it to bless others in great ways. You can give today if you're prepared to give, if you're ready to give. Uh, you can give like normal at thepointknox.com, clicking that little blue button there. Uh, I also recognize that there are several of you who would prefer instead to be uh, cash or check givers. You'd rather give cash or check. So we have here on the screen for you some options. You can give with cash or check by going through the Regents drive through uh, you, you can go through the Regents drive through and you can there uh, drop off your cash or check. Uh, if you do give a, a check, please use this uh, link here. Uh, or not link, sorry. Please use this account number. Let them know this is who you're giving to. If you give instead with cash, please just email the finances at thepointknox.com. Again, finances at thepointknox.com. That way they can know uh, and, and record your giving for year in giving. Thank you so much. However you give, remember this. We give not to get God's love, but because we already have it. Hey guys, thank you for joining us today live. I look forward to connecting with you later in the week. Uh, every single week we invite questions. We believe questions are a really healthy part of faith and life together. Uh, this week, unless I missed any, I'll try to refresh once more, but I'm not seeing any questions that came in. So I'm going to check later today if you have a question you forgot to mention or if there's one that came in that isn't showing up just yet. Um, I will share later today any responses to those questions if they still come in. Uh, once again, we're excited to connect with you this week for Holy Week differently. And it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, Emily and I are super excited for it. So if you want a Holy Week bag, let me know. And uh, we'll make sure to deliver it to your, your house on Wednesday. Um, there are going to be great opportunities for families to talk about Scripture together, to connect with the story and experience God at home. Uh, one last time I'll check for questions. All right, it appears nothing came in. So, church, receive this blessing today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Amen. I'll see you later, guys. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8 located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.